Here we go. Episode nine. Episode nine. How does that make you feel? Like we've done nine episodes of the podcast. This is Joe Burrow episode of the podcast. That's what we're right. going to call this. Um, yeah, no, Dago Express podcast. Back another week. Probably not going to be as many movie references as there was last week. I don't know. With us, you, you never can tell. But I did think that was fun. Uh, ranking our favorite comedy movies of all time. And now... We have another week down, one week closer to school starting for you, mm-hmm. one week closer for the season starting for me. That's uh, interesting to think about. I was seeing a lot of pictures today. Apparently, this was the day that the uh, Western football players got to run their 300-yard shuttle if I was down there. So I had a lot of relief not knowing that I didn't have to run that again. But uh, before we get going, Nick, this is episode nine of the Dago Express people don't know by now where can they follow us on our social media so social media is going to be instagram and twitter at dago express uh same picture as always i was trying to change our our background picture on twitter if you look at it it really does look pretty bad like not bad like not as a bad picture but uh because of the way that it cuts off on twitter you can't see the hands you just see our two faces yeah so now that I pointed that out, everybody that goes there is going to see it and think about that. But, you know, there you go. Okay, so you're changing our background picture on Twitter. Um, and they can also follow us on what listening platforms? Spotify. Spotify. Breaker. Yep, uh, a couple other ones. Pocket Casts, I think. I think we're still trying to get. Radio Public. We're still trying to get on Apple Podcasts. But once we do get on Apple Podcasts, be sure to follow us there, too. And leave a five-star rating with a review because if you leave a five-star rating, we'll give you a shout-out and read the review on the podcast. Uh, and we also just added a link tree. So if you need one place to find us, if you find our Twitter, go to our bio. It's got our link tree. Uh, we just picked up a partnership for the podcast. Thank you to the Unhinged Sports Network for allowing us to do that. Um, but it's Swift Lifestyles is our new partner. It's uh, nootropics and like a focus I was looking today on their website. A lot of their stuff is geared towards like esports and gaming. So their drinks, they have powder that's supposed to enhance focus and mental clarity for a certain amount of time. Um, if you're going to be gaming for like eight hours a day or practicing, it would make sense to do it for that. Or I guess, I, I don't know. I, I still need to get a bottle and try it myself. They also have gummies that are supposed to help boost your mind. If you listen to Joe Rogan's podcast or familiar with on it, it's very similar to the alpha brain stuff. But if you go to swiftlifestyles.com and use our promo code, which is uh, ex- at Express or just no, Express, Express Mafia. Mafia, capital E, capital M. Yeah, Express Mafia, capital E, capital M. Uh, when you go to check out, you'll get 15% off your order on the website. Um, and we, like we said, we're grateful for the Unhinged Sports Network bringing us under there. And that's a little bit of a way for us to make some money off this podcast. It's nothing huge or major but we'll get you a discount on the Swift lifestyle stuff. And like I said, I'm going to be trying it out because uh, the unhinged sports network's doing a promo code far into the bench is doing, doing a promo code. And then our promo code express mafia, capital E capital M 15% off the website. It's a great deal because I was looking today. I think the most expensive thing they have on there is like 49 99, 
So 15%, you're basically getting tax and a portion of your shipping uh, taken off your order, which is uh, for the year that we've had and the fact that everybody's shopping online, I feel like that's a pretty good deal. Um, and people are starting to get more interested in the nootropics. I don't know where you stand on that, but. I don't know. Roxy, Roxy tried something with the nootropics from Max Muscle, and she said that it just made her kind of, it made her, it made her like she had ADD. So I, I wonder if it just. Yeah, I uh, would say, I mean, obviously we don't, we were never diagnosed or had a prescription for Adderall, but if you ever needed a, something to like focus your mind on something, nootropics, I tried a pre-workout with nootropics in it. It was an intense workout, mainly because, I don't know, it might be a placebo, but like I said, we're still going to try it out. And then depending on how it goes, they have a lot of inspired by flavors. So if we start getting really involved with them, we might end up having an inspired by tub and have <laughs> chocolate a, chip. Let's go. Oh, <laughs> That'd mint, be so good. Mint chocolate chip express mafia. No. Yeah. It would have to be some sort of with the mafia name. We'd have to have uh, mint mafia, mint <sighs> express, mint express. I don't know. Like gelato, uh, gelato flavored. Um, That's perfect. It, it rhymes with the last name. Yeah. 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 By gelato. the way, just as a, a side note, do they have any like fat burners? No, I don't think that they do fat burners. <sighs> I think they are mainly focused just on the mental clarity of everything. Okay. Like I said, they're mainly involved with esports and gamers right now. That's what a lot of their inspired by tubes are. But, you know, before a podcast, it might help you stay on track or focus something. If, like, we, we had a big project at work or something, it might be beneficial. You're cramming for a test. If you're in college like Nick is and you're trying to finish up tests and stuff like that, you need a little bit more help focusing. Check out Swift Lifestyles. But that's, uh, like we said, promo code Express Mafia capital E, capital M at checkout. That'll help our show out, and it helps out the Unhinged Sports Network as a whole. But who knows? Maybe down the line, the Dago Express will be found on the Unhinged Sports Network. But Maybe. For now, we're just uh, grateful that they thought of us to, to be a part of this campaign that they launched. Anywho, uh, in the past week, what's, what's kind of transpired? Anything new going on with you? You just went and got checked out by TSA. Because uh, Pat down at the airport's not good enough for you apparently anymore. You're, you're too bougie. You're gonna get TSA pre-check. Uh, I don't know if it's bougie. Uh, so how often do you travel? That's that's my question first. Well, it's a convenience for when you travel, at least for the next five years, and then I'd have to renew it. But it's not it's not like it's expensive either. It wasn't even a hundred bucks for five years, which isn't like it doesn't seem like a lot. But. You're too good to take your shoes off and get, get the old grope down after the extra. Okay, machine. let me ask you this. At 5 o'clock in the morning, when when we normally travel, if you had TSA pre-check... We with, get it. We're, I'm cheap. We get it. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm saying if you had TSA pre-check and you didn't, have to, you didn't have to take off your shoes and you you didn't have to go through the x-ray or whatever, I don't know exactly what else goes into it, but then you didn't have to do that wouldn't that make it that much better? Like you don't have to worry about taking your shoes off, putting your shoes back on when you already have that much stuff that you have to take out and put on in the, the scanner. For the fact that my last trip through security sucked and my ID didn't work and everything like that, maybe, but I don't travel often enough. I'm going to be traveling more this year, mainly because of the team that I'm coaching is going to be out in Vegas for the last you know, towards Thanksgiving. But other than that, I don't travel enough to really warrant TSA pre-check. Well, I feel like it keeps you humble. It keeps, 
keeps your feet on the ground having to go through security like the rest of us peasants. What we still have to go through security. Is it is it kind of odd like is it kind of like having a Rolls Royce that sits on your lawn when you do TSA pre-check, then you're also flying Southwest. So there's not even, because normally people who fly TSA pre-check would fly first class. Oh, they don't no. even know like, oh, I just thought the bags rode in the back of the plane. No. I feel like it's like putting lipstick on a pig getting TSA pre-check and no. flying Southwest. No. Well, I think and a cattle call. Oh, I, think, I, I think it's just more convenience than anything. The only thing I will say is when I was doing, when I was signing up for the, the appointment and uh everything i was like oh this will be great i'll pay the 85 bucks and it'll take you know a couple hours or something like that for them to send me my identification mm-hmm. well nowhere on the website did it tell me that it was going to take anywhere from five to 30 days for me to actually get it activated because i have to do a background check well obviously my background check will come back clean because i've had to do a background check for jobs and the, the academy and all that different stuff but i just I don't even care. It wouldn't have changed what I was gonna do because I was gonna get it anyways. But put it on the website somewhere. Just be like, hey, as a warning, uh, it won't be immediate. It'll take a little bit. I don't think anything that involves travel, especially flight travel, is that quick. You know, I had to wait 15 days for my passport to show up, and that was expedited. Yeah, that was traveling that? involves a little yeah, bit well, more planning. 15 the- days though. It normally takes four to six weeks for you to get a but I got it expedited. That's what I'm saying. That, but that's... As expedited it was, it was still a week and two, two and a half weeks really before I was able to get, because it was 15 business days before I was able to get my passport. Yeah, they didn't tell me if this was business days or not. I would guess with the government, it's most likely business days because government well, but... jobs normally are Monday through Friday. So then if it, best case scenario, if it does come within five days or five days, it should be next Monday or Tuesday when I get the code. I know it's probably not going to happen that way. And I know I'm probably not going to be able to use it for this trip that I'm going on next week, but that's fine. I'm, I'll go through security. Not a big deal. Yeah. It, it'll only be a little bit different because we're going at night. So it might be a little, a little more crowded. I don't know. I don't know. Dad said the last time he got back at like nine o'clock in the morning, the security line was all the way to baggage claim at DIA. Yeah, we're haunted. It's fine. Don't tell me that. I just watched The Conjuring. That's your fault. No, it actually wasn't as scary. The only scary part was when the they first show the witch on top of the wardrobe. Are you going to watch that new three-part series that they just put on Netflix? I don't know. That one, it seems like it's more gory. That might be something that we do for uh, October. I prefer scary over gory, though, only because, like, that one I was watching something on YouTube and it was talking about one of the kills and one of the kills is, and you I'm, already watched the kill counts on the three part series. No, he doesn't have a kill count. It was just like a top 10 horror movie deaths of the past decade or whatever. But by the way, before I say it, sorry, if you don't like graphic detail, I guess um, we are an explicit podcast. We are so an explicit podcast, but I'm just saying this is pretty bad. So one of the kills, at least I'm pretty sure this is the series that they were talking about was where the killer took the whoever he was killing and you know those bread slicers that we used to use at King Supers when we would get the Italian yeah he puts her head through the bread slicer. Yeah. I uh, I don't know. Which I also don't know if that would go through your school. But you know I don't know. Gore is if gore is used correctly, it's necessary. 
I would tell you that the Friday the 13th gore and the Nightmare on Elm Street gore was used pretty pretty effectively. I'm not even talking about that. There's stuff that you don't see on screen that's still able to affect you. Yeah. Obviously, I just watched The Sopranos, so all the deaths. I also just watched a compilation video on YouTube of all the kills in The Sopranos because I was watching it while I was working, and I think I missed parts of it. So I'm going through that series again. That's why I'm not starting anything new for a little bit. We are going through Sons of Anarchy still which we'll talk a little bit about the first couple seasons or first couple episodes of season two. But I think the two deaths in The Sopranos that make the most impact, one of them is towards the end of the season. A guy gets shot in the head with his wife and his granddaughters in the car, and his wife sees him get shot. And he's like, oh, my gosh, if she forgets to put the car in park. Well, he was shot with his head, like, in the passenger side window because he was going into the gas station to get something. He fell. And as the car's rolling, she locked the doors. As the car's rolling, you don't see it. It's a good cut because it cuts from everybody seeing what's going to happen, all the bystanders bystanders around. It cuts to the wife trying to get into the car, and then it's on drive. And then as it's rolling over the guy's head, instead of seeing it crush his skull, like you know what happened, it goes to the granddaughters in their car seats, and you just hear the crunch as the head gets rolled over. You see some of the reaction of the people walking around. That's pretty good. You didn't get to, you didn't have to see all the detail to picture it in your mind and know, oh, and then you see the reaction of everybody else around. So gore used that way, I think, is effective. Well, I, I think that's when you're going to see a slasher movie, though, you're expecting a lot of blood and guts. Well, yeah. So, and, like the remake of Candyman that they're coming out with, that's obviously going to be super gory. The first, the first one's pretty gory. Yeah, the first one's pretty gory. But now it's 2020, 2021. And they've been working on it for a couple of years now, I think. It'll, I think it's like Black Widow where it was supposed to come out last year and it couldn't. It'll depend on whether or not they try and use practical effects or use CGI blood. A lot of the times they try and use CGI blood to get around. Yeah, I know practical is definitely the way to go. But most they, of the time, they try and a lot of things are using CGI blood to get around higher ratings. Well, that's why, that's why the Saw franchise was as... Uh, they, they were interesting, though, because they started with practical effects and then went in a little bit more into CGI. I know, but then when they went to uh, Jigsaw, which is, I think, the, what, ninth movie in the franchise? Eighth movie in the franchise, something like that. Um, they used a mixture. I know, I know they had to use a mixture. Actually, no, because I watched the video on this. I think the last kill, which is where when the detective is wearing the laser collar. You've seen that um, part, right? So... Mm-hmm. When he's wearing the laser collar and it comes and it kind of like octopuses his head. I I think what they ended up doing was they ended up taking like a, a cantaloupe or a fake head and actually trying to do that. And it, and it ended up looking pretty good, except for I think the blood that was coming out was CGI. So I think they ended up using a mixture in that one. And it, it, it ended up being pretty, pretty well done. But that's why that's part of why the Saw franchise was as, as um, popular as it was because they... The effects were were so good. Well, I I say that based off of like the horror movie genre. Thanks, Siri. Every every time. <laughs> I don't I don't know what she's trying to get in on in the conversation. It's an interesting thing to think about. We'll do more about horror movies because I watched the Kill Counts for a while. Yeah, I still watch them. And oh, we'll, some we'll definitely do a top horror movie list when we get to October. But for now, I mean, Sons of Anarchy into season two, what have you noticed 
so far because we've seen now we've seen them get revenge, quote unquote, for Opie's or for Donna's murder. Opie was able to get his revenge on the people he thinks killed her. And now Opie's a little bit different. I he's, think we're through to season doesn't three. Care yeah, it seems like. Which is bad only because he's still got his kids that he's got to think about. But I don't know. I I like, and I always forget her name. Who's with Jax? Tara. I like Tara. I I told you that from the beginning. I like Tara. I think she, the way that she handled the, the hooker situation on the last episode that we just watched, she's a porn star, but she's a hoe. <laughs> Yeah, um, she's uh, and I'm and I mean that I think like the character, yeah, I don't something know, something like that. I, I don't even know what her name is. She's a porn, she's one of the porn she's, stars, she's one protect. of the porn stars. But the way that she handled that, where she didn't back down and then like went to the bathroom and knew that Jax was going to follow her because she had to see that. I think that that was, I think that was probably a, a great move on her part. I've told you that I liked her from the beginning. I'll, I'll admit, I still don't like Clay. He's he's still on my bad list. I would tell you that Gemma has moved up my list a little bit, not by much. And I would also tell you that Opie is still on my good side. I just don't like the fact that he is walking around like he's invincible, like he has nothing to lose because he does still have stuff. You know, he has a lot to lose still. I think it's his way. He said he told Jackson the episode that we were watching that he doesn't have a death wish. So he doesn't need to worry about him in that way. Because when guys start not caring about what happens to them is when they get sloppy. And we saw him almost blow himself up when they were going after the crank lab and charming. Yeah, I'm surprised he didn't. Yeah. I think the, I'll tell you, it's not a spoiler, but it jives with the character that Opie is portraying. He'll never recover from Donna being murdered. Because he shouldn't. He shouldn't. he will never his morality in regards to the motorcycle club and the stuff that he does is never compromised or tainted. Cause I think right now Tig's morality in regards to the club is tainted. Clay's morality in regards to the club is tainted. I think you can tell that Gemma's is tainted a little bit with uh, the mystery as to what happened to Jax's dad and his accident. But right now you're also falling into the, not a trap necessarily, but like the last thing that you saw Gemma go through was the gang rape with the new um, white supremacist group in town. And uh, it makes her a lot more sympathetic, even though you know what she's kind of done. She hasn't been the nicest person to the other people in the show, but that doesn't really matter because you're still able to feel for her going through something like that. Do you agree? Like, do you think that she should tell the club what actually happened? Or do you think that she's doing the right thing? Because we saw that the white supremacist group wants them to see, wants the club to know that she was taken and raped by raped for them dealing to the Mayans and the Niners. So what do you think about her her decision to be quiet? Well, I understand what she's saying because it's almost like if she tells... They the, get what the they porn want. star's name is Ima, by the way. Okay. I'm a tight. Real original. Yeah. Anyway, I understand why she's why she hasn't said anything because it's like as soon as she says something, and they get the reaction that they want, they lose. The white supremacists win, but 
Sons of Anarchy lose. So I get why she's staying quiet. But if you ask me in general, not talking about a TV character, I would I would have said yes. She should immediately say something to the club or to who. I'm talking about not having a motorcycle club. I'm talking so, about in general. Yeah, you should you you should come out and say something. Um, which I know me looking at it from an outside perspective, that's a lot easier said than done. I'm not disputing that, but um, just I guess throwing that out there. Uh, for uh, in Gemma's situation, she has told some people the and only one people of them who know the actual situation well, one of them's a cop but he can't do anything sir yeah because he if he does then he's, it's gonna well, get to sam crow he's he can't do anything and he won't do anything because he's in love with jim i don't know if you've picked up on that so far but he is he's uh, in love with yeah Gemma. no i i figured why that. else would he be searching for her car that night and find, finding her in the warehouse where she was left by by the group who did that to her. No, that's true. So Unser's in love with her. He's he's not gonna do anything. Tara, the mm-hmm. character that you like, poses an interesting question because she knows what actually happened. She took care of Gemma afterwards and made the rape kit, but she might be more trying to get in good standing with Gemma by not saying anything than actually doing the right thing and what she took an oath to do. She took an oath to make sure that people are safe and healthy. Is she necessarily doing that? And is she doing the right thing by keeping it a secret? Where where does your good and bad character lie? If she's a good character, why is she not doing the right thing and reporting it? It's not black and white, right? That's what we said on the very first episode when we were talking about it. It's not black and white. There's shades of gray. So her shade her shades of gray are she is helping Gemma, whether it be to get in good standing with her or not. She uh, patched her up gave her the rape kit, all that different stuff. On the other side of it, though, she hasn't told her husband. She hasn't told her son who she's with. She's with the son. And she hasn't told anybody. She hasn't She hasn't told the authorities, which as a doctor, you're supposed to. So I, I don't know. It, to me, like, I still like Tara as a character. I think she's one of my, she's, on, she's not necessarily one of my favorites, but she's up there. So, I, I mean, I'm not happy that she's doing that, but it's also just a part of the show. So, I don't really know what else I can say about that, honestly. What do you think of the new white supremacist group? Because they're obviously a lot <clears throat> bigger of a threat than Darby and I, the Nords right now. I didn't like the last white supremacist group. I don't like this one either. Uh, I mean, you're not supposed to like them in the first place, but I think they're a lot more bold. Yeah, going after the head lady of the biggest motorcycle gang in town is a very bold move. That is, it's going to come back and bite them. I just don't know when. They it's will. Got if it doesn't, then that's a bad, bad storytelling. They will uh, also splinter off, and the guy with the white hair from Hitch will splinter kind of away from the guy with all the tattoos the guy with the tattoos by the way uh his name i just had it up here but do you recognize him at all i don't know if you will because i'm you're not necessarily a fan of the music that he would have played his name is henry rollins and uh he was a member of the black flag punk rock band 
Really? Yeah. But that's that's what he was originally famous for. He, he has a whole bunch of other guys that look like him. And the shitty part is that they're indoctrinating their kids into doing it. It's basically like Hitler Youth is mm-hmm. the best comparison that I can have for him. The other guy, he believes in the doctrine. He's willing to do like the shady because you saw that they have as much ties with like the law enforcement as the club the club does they have a tie with a different end of the law enforcement and yeah. they seem a little bit more legitimate he he more plays the political side of things and then henry rollins character uh which is aj weston as a part of that group plays the street character that does all the dirty work and the illegal activities obviously he organized the, the kidnapping and gang rape of Gemma who's the, the matriarch of the motorcycle club. It's the, I will say that's that's the most difficult part of the series to get through. I think there's a couple more parts of the series that hit a little bit closer to home necessarily, but for the first two, for the, a, se- a series that goes on eight seasons, that was a really interesting thing to put that close. I think a lot of people might not, have come back and watched it afterwards or would have done what we did where we took a little bit of time like i told you i had to turn on a comedy afterwards i'm done dealing with darkness and organized crime and the things that people are willing to do in the depths of human depravity let's move into something a little bit more upbeat to talk about or upbeat to watch and then i ended up watching the sopranos so i totally went against that um yeah the sopranos i know you're not interested in it especially as interested in it as I am. I will say that's my new top of Mafia media. Better than Goodfellas to me. Better than Godfather 1 and 2. Better than Casino. Sopranos is my top Mafia media of all time. I think it's the best TV show ever made. Better than Sons or anything else that that we've ever watched. I mean, it's good enough that I'm, I watched it all the way through once. And I'm going to watch it all the way through again and try and pick up as many other details as I can. It's, it's incredible. I would highly recommend it to everybody who hasn't seen it. I wouldn't tell you that I'm, I don't, I don't want to watch it just because I don't want to watch it really just be like, it's not something that I'm interested in, but I still appreciate the show. I've from everything that I've seen and from what you've told me and all that different stuff is very well put together storytelling. It's very artistic and it's well it's just it's just a good show it's just not something that i want i want to sit there and watch it's the only thing that i've ever watched where when they go into a dream sequence i feel like i'm actually in the dream too it's it's crazy and james gandolfini i don't know if you know him outside of tony soprano but he's a great actor and one of the actors that I think was more underappreciated than what he should have been. And he died really young. The whole reason why I ended up, I mean, dad wanted me to watch the Sopranos cause he watched it. And I think he knew that I would be interested in it. The mafia in modern times, quote unquote, modern times. It's funny to go back and watch the first season because it was released in 1999 and the first season was filmed in 1997. So they have disc mans and, Uh, DVD players, cutting edge technology, all that kind of stuff. But they're releasing a prequel movie called The Many Saints of Newark. Newark, not New New York, Newark, because they're in New Jersey. It's where it's based out of. 
and they go through like Tony Soprano as he's becoming where we find him in the show. So that's why I really wanted to watch it. And then after watching it, like I said, the dream sequences are something to behold. He even, David Chase is the creator of the show. And I found a website. I told you guys, as nerdy as you think I am, I'm never going to reach this level of nerd where I create a whole website and write a two to three page synopsis and summary of every symbol in each episode all the way through breaking it out in the seasons. I found that. If you're a big Sopranos fan, it's called the SopranosAutopsy.com. Watch the series again and go through and read the synopses um, if you're that interested in the show. I'll never reach that level of nerd, but David Chase puts so many small details and so many references in the show. It's really incredible. That's why I'm going back and watching it through the second time. That's all I can say about that. Unless you watch it and decide that you want to watch it, we'd be able to discuss it a little bit more in depth. But like I said, top mafia media of all time, my best TV show that I've ever watched of all time. One of the TV shows that I don't think has a weak season. Like a lot of, a lot of shows get bad towards the end of it. I think how I met your mother is an example. It was funniest in like season four to five yeah, and then season six, out. seven, and eight. You're like, okay, let's six, seven, eight, nine. New girl too. New girl's last season sucked. It was only in 10 episodes or eight episodes. In anyways. comparison to what it was, New Girl's last season sucks. So the the first season jar. Yeah. Douche douche jar. I, I it was good up until the last season, and then they just they tried to cancel it without Nick and Jess being together. And like CC and Schmidt were not, they didn't even have their baby yet. And then having 10 episodes in what was usually a 23 episode. I used to be your dad's baby girl. He used to dress me like that all the time. Well, why, why do you stop? Well, I don't why? Know. You came around. You well, came around. Why? I don't know. He used to care. Uh-huh. Uh, Nick Nick Miller, I think. I'm 100% Nick. No, you're not 100%. Who Nick. am I then? I'm not. Uh, oh. <laughs> We're both like mixtures of the three. Nobody's Nick because nobody's that sad. And nobody needs to drink that much in our family. We have Nick tendencies sometimes. Like I have his uh, quote on my water bottle. You treat outside wounds with rubbing alcohol. You treat inside wounds with drinking alcohol. Um, Schmidt is funny and Schmidt is relatable because he's so ang- anxious all the time. And there's times you where I feel why? that. Yeah. Why? I don't know. This is how the world works. You know how I had, I was dating Cece and then I decided that I needed to break up with Elizabeth to date Cece? Yeah, yeah, it was really hard for you. Well, that never happened. I didn't break up with either of them. I'm dating both of them and I feel terrible about it. I know I'd said that really fast, but that's how fast it's said on the show. And that's exactly the amount of anxiety that he had in that moment. And it's the anxiety that I feel sometimes every now and then I feel like Winston. I carry too, I care too much about everybody else. And I really have no clue what's going on. Like I need to help the people around me, but sure I is, can't even figure out myself half the time. Are you sure this is a good time for you to start a puzzle? <laughs> you know, when you, when you start a puzzle, you get kind of, I feel weird. like that or uh, when Winston discovers that he's colorblind. Like, These shoes are as brown <laughs> as money. I forgot about that. <laughs> Winston, if you think those shoes are green, what color do you think you are? I don't. That, I think like that's where I find Winston. Winston wants to help, but Winston's dead. And Winston doesn't really have good follow through. So nothing ever really works out. Like he played professional basketball in Latvia. And then he came back. He was a radio guy for a little bit. 
He's always just he a little bit. Became a cop. You know, he became a cop though. Barely, barely. No, he he did well as a cop. I know he was a good cop, but going through like the whole time he was going through police school, everybody thought he was going to quit, and then he didn't. He didn't end up quitting, but it was like, and the way he proposed to Angie, Angie his girlfriend's name. I can't remember what it was, but no, New Girl was one of those shows that really petered out towards the end of the seasons. I also feel sometimes I'm coach. Especially Coach when I'm only in like five or six episodes. Though. Coach is in seasons like three through four until he three and four until oh, he yeah, leaves no, to that's New York. True. That's true. Yeah. So he's he's he comes back and he's in there for a while. But if, the first day that I showed up to the fourth grade team and I was trying to explain stuff and I was using three syllable words on the inside, I felt like Coach yelling at the fourth graders, "If you are not tough enough to be in this class, you're gonna have to get out." And I was like, "Nope. Let's rein that in. Let's." Uh, Let's use one. Let's do it in steps. Let's break things up into steps because you learn. You saw that too. When we break things down in the steps, they remembered it and they could do it a lot quicker. When yeah. you were coaching, step one, step two, step three, and all that kind of crap. Uh, any who's or what's it? Wait a minute. There is something that we do have to talk about. Okay. It's from me. Have you seen what's going on with Black Widow? No. So Scarlett Johansson is suing Disney for contract infringement, I believe, is what it is. So apparently she had it in her contract where she was going to get paid like $20 million. And then depending on how well it did at the movie theater, she was going to get a percentage of that. So it's like with Robert Downey Jr. In Endgame, he made $75 million, $25 million from his contract, and then $50 million after the box office. So she had a similar clause in her contract. And what ended up happening was Disney released Black Widow on Disney Plus and in theaters at the exact same time. Instead of like in theaters first, let everybody go see it in theaters, pay there, and then release it on Disney Plus. So she ended up getting screwed out of millions of dollars from what she would have made from the box office. Okay. Do you think it is warranted that she is suing Disney? I would need to have more information. Did they negotiate what was going to happen? I mean, we talked, we mentioned it earlier. That movie was supposed to come out during, it was at what ended up being during the pandemic. So it got delayed a year. In that time that it was delayed a year, was there ever a conversation? I would, I would think that Johansson's lawyers and her team would have gotten together with Disney and they would have figured out since we're going to be releasing this on Disney plus and in theaters, we're going to figure out a new way for you to be compensated. If that was never done, if the Johansson team was never, never tried to get that done with Disney, I don't think that she necessarily has grounds to sue because yes, we had this agreement, but the terms of the agreement really needed to change. And if you didn't take the steps to try and get that changed, it's kind of on you at that point in my my eyes. Well, I think part of it too is that Disney didn't tell her that they were releasing it on Disney Plus and um and in the theaters at the same time. So she didn't she didn't know that she would have to try to negotiate a different contract. I think that's part of the problem. And then 
I would say that her defense would be void due to negligence. Because like I said, it's it does it make sense? It does it make sense for Disney to be withholding a whole bunch of money from Scarlett Johansson? Is it gonna affect their bottom bottom line in the end of it? No. But if you're not gonna play the legal game or if you're not gonna know the steps to play the legal game and you get ran around, should it happen? No. Am I upset that it happened? Maybe a little bit. Do I think that Disney should be held accountable for winning in that sense? Probably not. Should they because of how big they are? Yes, but somebody would have had to say something like, are we releasing, if you don't know that your movie's being released in theaters and on a streaming platform until a certain amount of time, that's the lack of communication. There was a break in communication in some place, whether it was Disney not telling the camp or the camp not spreading the information the way that they should have. But it's very hard for me to believe as what as organized as Disney is and as powerful as they are, that they wouldn't have had this in mind. Like, okay, if she doesn't come back to the table and negotiate with us, we're going to release this on a streaming platform and in theaters. And she's going to be out however much money because she didn't come think about coming back to the table. I, I don't know. I, in my, I guess in my opinion, either way, she probably should have had a little bit of compensation it's if it's fair like it should be fair and she should be compensated for what ended up happening and and what they did but nothing is fair like especially in the legal world there is what the law dictates and how the law is interpreted and there's not necessarily a right or wrong it's how the law is used in the favor true and i think you know with my knowledge of the legal system which is minimal to say the least, I don't, the lawyers that are in place for these kinds of things obviously know a lot more than I do, but in my mind, it seems like there was never an attempt to renegotiate the contract when the terms should have, it should have been very evident that the terms needed to be renegotiated when it wasn't going to theaters at the original time. And in that case, you basically, to dumb down the philosophy as much as I can so that it, it represents how my level of knowledge, you snooze, you lose. Yeah, I, at this point, I don't know if there's a whole lot that she's going to be able to do about it. And I guess I think part of the reason why it's making such big headlines is because she is the first female actress, or I should just say actress, not female actress. That's uh, redundancy. Anyway, um, she's the first actress in the Marvel Universe to have her own standalone movie. Not true. Who's the first? Captain Marvel. I stand corrected. She's the second. She is the first actress to also executively produce her standalone movie. In the Marvel Universe. In the Marvel Universe. In the Marvel Universe, yes. Wonder Woman. Yes, I, I understand. But in the Marvel Universe, she's the first yeah. one to I'm just covering star, your bases. Yep, yep. And, and executively produce her own standalone movie. So I'm wondering if because she was given those... I don't want to say luxuries, but I'm, I'm wondering if maybe Disney's trying to use that as leverage. Like, hey, we let you do this and this. She's probably making a pretty good amount of money based off of those oh, credentials she's got at as least well. like $25 million. So I bet you it, Disney, if they're probably going to start out with the argument, well, when the pandemic happened and we told you that we were going to push your release date, you probably should have asked us what else we were planning on doing with this. And then if not, they'd be like, you were executive producer and got those credits in this movie. 
and you made history in the studio for that. So you made plenty of money there. It's not like we, we took your money that you would have got on your release and we gave it to you and your executive producer credentials. Yeah, but then the other argument would be, well, if I'm supposed to get the release money anyways, then I should get both. Yeah, but then when you go I back know. on, I know. And, and that's I'm what, not, that's I'm, what the I'm legal not. arguments end up doing is you just circle back on right. and fall and, back and on. Until eventually come you back come to, the to table, some type of compensation. Come back to the yeah. table and renegotiate when things when plans change. And I'm not saying that she is necessarily right and i'm not saying that she's necessarily wrong i'm just also there, it's what, an interesting what, argument what is it gonna do to marvel because she was dead black widow had died in in the timeline right she was a part so that's the interesting thing i don't think that they're bringing her back. no and um, i don't think that they're doing more black widow movies no i'm pretty sure she was at the end of her contract is what i'm trying to say so kind of like downey jr uh, here's the thing. So it all depends on if you subscribe to the Captain America theory or not. You remember what that is? Okay. So in Infinity War, they were introduced to this all six of the Infinity Stones. And in Endgame, they got all of them. Um, so, and then at the end, Captain America had to go and return them, all, right? So the idea is based off of what we learned in Loki, which I know you haven't watched yet. It's actually really good, by the way. Um, so in Loki, what happens is when you go and you change, or like you go to a past time and you change something, change something, you create a branch, right, from the main timeline. Um, and so um, what ended up happening is. He goes and you take the soul stone or the uh, time stone or the, uh, the ether, whatever. You take one of those stones from the time that it was in the original timeline. But you create a branch. So the idea is that when Black Widow sacrificed herself for the soul stone, that created a branch. So when Captain America goes back and he returns Loki's scepter, he returns the Tesseract, he returns the soul stone to Red School all that different stuff, he clips the branch. Well, if he clips the branch to the soul stone, that means that Black Widow never actually died. So in an alternate end credit scene for Black Widow, in the movie, her and her sister, whenever they found each other, they would whistle to each other in opposite tones. So like one would go high, and the other one would go low, something like that. I, that was actually a pretty good whistle, you gotta admit. Um, so her sister goes and sees her grave, and like fixes it and everything and she whistles she does whichever one she does and then in the alternate scene you hear the or black widow's whistle and then it fades to black so it makes you wonder if maybe they're trying to bring her back i don't uh, i thought she was at the end of her contract and if this is all going on i highly doubt disney i feel like the relationship is going to get severed and Maybe we see a Black Widow movie, but it's just the sister. Or I know a lot of people like the dad. I haven't seen Black Widow. I, I caught up on the timeline and then I fell apart on the timeline because that's how much it really mattered to me. I, I got good content out of that with the blog that I wrote about. Uh, I mean, I would tell you, I enjoyed Black Widow. I also missed part of it because I was working at the time and I had to go make migration calls, which that those are always fun. But so I went upstairs for like probably 20 minutes or something like that, 20 or 30 minutes. So uh, it, it was parts that weren't huge in the story. 
Um, so it, it still made sense. And it was it was really good. It was really good. Um, it kind of had a Captain America feel, which makes sense because she was in Winter Soldier. She was originally introduced in Iron Man 2, which they both kind of have similar feels to their movies. Um, so it, that would make sense why it felt that way. But I also would say that I have never seen I've seen parts of Captain Marvel. I haven't seen the whole thing. So I guess that's where my gap is in the MCU timeline. No, I think Captain Marvel was good. I ended up watching it in this last round. Um, <clears throat> and I still, like I said, I've got to re-catch up if I'm going to. And maybe I will, maybe I won't. Uh, let's transition before we get into current events and wrap up the episode. Let's talk about... Uh, football season because football season is about a month away from really kicking off. I think first, first regular season game for most teams is the weekend of the 12th of September. So we're a little bit over a month away from that. And we did, when I was doing center of attention last year, we did a thing where we would go through the record, go through the schedule and try and pick the team's record. So let's do that. And we'll start with the jets and we'll I do the Bengals. Year, yeah. That's okay. what I said. Okay. That's what I said. Sorry, you and I, I, I missed that part. <laughs> you and I did this. Um, we'll do the Jets first. We'll do the Bengals next week. And then maybe we'll do the Broncos because we'll obviously be watching a lot of Broncos games. Even I'm talking to mom into getting a uh, Sunday ticket. So I'll be able to watch a lot of Bengals games. Okay. <clears throat> All right. Oh, and that's fun because we play each other on Halloween. Me and you. Mm-hmm. Oh. All right. Starting things off. The Jets, week one. Visit the Panthers. Eleven o'clock game. So, in Zach Wilson's NFL debut, he'll be taking on Matt Rule and the Carolina Panthers and CMC. What, what do you think? What do you? Well, first off, with everything that happened with the Jets, what do you think about the Jets' chances to be better than what they were last year? Robert Sala's first season. Greg Williams is no longer there. Darnold got out. Actually, that's who they're playing week one is, is Sam Darnold. And Zach Wilson did finally sign his contract. So that being said, what's your outlook for the Jets this upcoming season? Well, I I am always optimistic at the beginning of the season. I always think that they have a chance to do better than they did last year. Because you'd like to be hurt, don't you? Well, you know, if you're if you don't have faith in your team, then why is that your team? Right? Like the same reason why you think the Bengals are going to win a playoff game every year because they could. Joe Burrow is my reason. They could. You you never know until until you go through the season and then however it shakes out, it shakes out. So I think their chances of doing better than, what was it, 2-14 and 14 last year? Yeah. I think their chances of doing better than that are very high. I don't – I'm not going to tell you that they're going to make – Like 3-16 and 16 this year? 3-13, and 13, I think. No, it would be 3-14. and 14. 14. Because it's a 17-game season. Or do you think they do better than three and fourteen this year? Well, let's let's get to let's let's do the games and we'll get to that. So, Jets Panthers week one. Who do you think wins that game? I would tell you that it's going to be close, but I don't think that. I think my run defense is pretty good, not good enough to completely stifle CMC. So you say they start off the season zero and one, lose I, on the road. I say that they probably start off the season zero and one. It's tough to go to the Panthers because their, their fan base is pretty good, but then to go against Christian McCaffrey, and especially in week one. So I think that they're probably going to be kind of greasing their gears a little bit and seeing how, how well they do, but I think that they start off on. 
All right. And then next weekend is the home opener against the Patriots. So you host the Patriots. It's probably going to be Cam Newton is what it looks like, but Mac Jones is on the sideline. And then uh, they all, I can't remember who they jumped up in the first round and stole, but they did have a good draft this year. Uh, Belichick trying to bounce back after his first season without Brady. Do you think that the Jets can beat them at home, or do you think that the Jets are still going to get slapped around by their big big brothers in the division? Well, you got to remember last year, uh, Thursday night football, or was it Monday night football? I don't know. It was during the week. I know it wasn't on the weekend. Um, they actually they made it pretty close last year. I think that they're finally trying to figure, starting to figure out Belichick, and it helps that he doesn't have Brady. Um, so I I want to say I want to give that one to the Jets. I'm going to say that they go one and one after week two. So the team that can never beat the Patriots beats the Patriots in their first matchup it's not at the, home. It's not the same Patriots anymore. You got to remember that. So Jets going into week three and going to Denver. Uh, which I know you and Nico are going to have a field day when that does happen. But Jets going to the Broncos right now, going in one and one. So they're coming off a win, have momentum, and then they go to Denver. What do you think happens when they play the Broncos, Drew Locke versus Zach Wilson? I personally, and I know I'm biased, but I still would give this one to the Jets. I don't think, I don't think Drew Locke is your answer. I I know we've said that last year, and he, he did okay, and he might do better this year, but I don't think he's your answer. I think the the, bon, the Broncos are still in the bon, a – The Broncos? The, the Broncos, yeah, the Broncos. Kind of like the Bungles, but the Broncos. Nico, I hope you're listening – I hope you listen to just this part of this episode because we're going to have to have uh, – we're, we're going to have to have a huge bet. I know we had the bet last season. He bet you that if they went 0 and – 16 you had to buy him a new 200 dollars jersey and if they won a game he had to wear your jersey that you had i will i will make this bet okay and i know i'm probably gonna end now up he's losing. gonna get a counter bet just yeah. just so and you I, know and i will i will throw this out there as an option okay if do we are we gonna go based off of who does who has the better record or who wins no who wins this game okay so if the jets lose i because Savannah's wanted to do this for a while. I will let Savannah wax my chest. Okay. Okay. That's that's on record. So okay. That's I, a good one. I will throw that what, out there. What's, what do you want him? So that's what you will do if the Jets lose. If the Jets win, what do you want Nico to do? See, waxing my chest is a pretty big thing. So I, I don't think that you're going to talk him into putting his chest hairs on the line in a wax. His, what, six chest hairs? I don't know. I don't know, but I just wouldn't – I would say that he'd probably not put that no, on the it line. No, pro- it doesn't have to be the same bet. I know. That's what but I'm asking It has you. to be on the same level. That's so, what I'm asking you. Oh, see, now that's kind of a, that's kind of a hard one. I don't know. I'll, I'll see what he comes up with. No, no. I want you to have something. Like I said, he gets a counter bet. I don't think that he's going to – I think he'll stick with you get it your I'm chest. I'm sure waxed. he probably will. But like there could be he has to make a video and post it on social media in a Jets jersey. Cause all we did last year was he wore it on a podcast. Maybe he has to to spout off like I do read like the video. There, like I'll the video. I'll help you out. So we can have him be in a Jets jersey and he has to read off the top stats of the Jets players that game and how badly they beat the Broncos and say that the Jets are a better team than the Broncos, which that I feel like that would hurt him a lot. I feel uh, like that's well. I don't know if that's quite on the same level, but it's up there. I'll see. What, I'll I will go with that as as my offer. Okay. And I'll see what he comes back. I'll with. bring it up to. I'm him. sure he's probably going to keep the meat waxing my chest because yeah, we're recording that. Uh, we're recording far into the bench tomorrow, so I'll bring it up with him and I'll mention that 
he wants a counter bet. Uh, we also will have to have a bet, and then I'll have to have a bet with him too because the Bengals play the Broncos too. Man, I'm going to be uh, probably doing a lot of weird stuff on the internet. Let's just put it that way. But you have the Jets beating the Broncos, so then they go 2-1 and one and they host Tennessee the next week. Titans with Derrick Henry, Ryan Tannehill, Taylor Wands coming back, Julio Jones, A.J. Brown, and then we don't even have to talk about the defense, really. Is that that's a loss? Yeah, it's a, loss. a big loss. Uh, I don't know if it's a big loss because our our run defense is pretty I say, good, but I it's say Derrick it's Henry. Ten, I say it's ten points. I say yeah, that I'd the probably, Jets lose by ten. I would. I'd probably give you ten points. Seven to ten points. Seven to ten points at, so at least. That drops them back down to two and two. Yeah, which still is better than last year. Better than they started out last year. And then they go to Atlanta. This is going to be a bad game. This it's is going to be, be a game where the teams have to decide who wants to lose it more. It's going to be a terrible game. Yeah. I I feel like they they could squeak that one out. Um, like you said, it's going to be a – and I love the Jets. I've loved them for almost, I think, 10 years now, something like that, a decade. It's going to be a bad game. They It's just going to be whoever can have the ball last because I don't think – must be a Thursday night. Hold on. Because that's it's a seven thirty start time, October tenth, maybe. October, 10th. it's a Sunday night football game. The Jets and Falcons are oh Sunday God. night football game. Ooh, prime time. Jesus, that wow. is awful. Anyway, they I were think, hoping that the Broncos got Aaron Rodgers so they could flex him that week. Probably. I I would, I would give you, I think the Jets probably take that one, but. But not by more than a touchdown. That wouldn't be bad because then not you're three and two going touchdown. into your bye week. So then you have a bye week following the Falcons game, and then uh, you come off the bye and you go to New England and pay the pay, play the Patriots. It's a good situation. If you go into that bye week three and two, and you beat the Patriots already, that's a good situation yeah, a to go into Foxborough. But beating a team twice in a in a season isn't is a lot easier said than done. We say this every time. It's been done before, but I don't. I don't know if the jet. I don't know if the Jets are built up enough in order for them to do that. So I might give that one to the Patriots. I might have them split. Drops them to three and three, and then they go play the Bengals on Halloween the next week. Uh, so we have to come up with a bet for this one. Yeah, I'll let you come up with the bet for this one since I'm coming up with the bet for Nico. Well, we we each come up with our each other stipulation. Okay. So if the Bengals win. I want you. Hmm. The Bengals win. I think that you should have to change your social media profile pictures to you in my Joe Burrow jersey. It's going to have to come approval from the higher up here. All my, all my social media pictures are me and Savannah now. Well, just for the rest of the season. You can tell her that oh. it's just for the rest of the well, season. And if she wants, she you can wear my Anthony Munoz jersey and you can wear my uh, Joe Burrow jersey and make it look I, like you're a Bengals couple. I will make I will make the compromise. I will wear a, jet, I will wear a Bengals jersey, but she gets to wear a Jets jersey. No. No Jets in your profile pictures. If the Bengals beat, beat the Jets, no Jets in your profile pictures. You know what? I'll turn that one around then. If the Jets beat the Bengals, you and Bree have to wear Jets jerseys in your profile pictures. Fine. that fair? Yeah. We're shaking verbal shake on the podcast, but we just shook on that. Uh, Bengals are beating the Jets, by the way, especially 
either way, you know what? Either way, it'll give us another cute picture, even though it'll be in a Bungles jersey. So, uh, how, you can't call them the Bungles after they beat the Jets. Well, I know, will tell you. You know what that game really you, hinges on? Though? Joe Burrow is going to dominate. You know Zach what? Wilson. You know what that game really hinges on? Though what? Whether or not Burrow. This is going to sound awful, and I don't want. I don't want this to be a jinx. Okay. Whether or not Burrow can stay healthy. And that really all depends on his offensive line. I know you guys beefed up a little bit. Hey, Pot, this is Kettle. I know. But I know I know you beefed up a little bit, and I'm not – and I really don't want this to be a jinx. I, I want to put that out there as much as I can, and I will find a piece of wood as soon as we're done with this episode or as soon as I'm done making this statement. It doesn't matter. The Bengals are beating the Jets. You're conceding this? No, I'm not conceding So you that. think that the – you yeah. think the Jets okay, – four and so three. Four, four and three. three. All right, four and three. Moving on now. Jets go to the Colts. That's another primetime game. November. Now, we 4th. found out earlier today. That's I think, a Thursday night game. Yeah, I, we found out earlier today though, that Carson Wentz has to have foot it's surgery. It's season, baby, but that's week seven. So this oh, he is, might be back. Oh, this is week maybe? eight. He could be back. It said five to twelve weeks after the surgery, so he could very well be back. I would tell you that if he's back, I think the Jets have a better chance of taking that one. I think you guys are going to get beat by Jacob Eason. And Jonathan Taylor. If we get beat by Jacob Eason, I'm going to be very pissed. Yeah, remember their offensive line? Yeah. And remember that they just picked up a Pro Bowl tackle for an All-Pro tackle. Almost, almost left last year. You no, he wasn't going to leave. But they just picked up one of the pro, All-Pro tackles from Kansas City that they yeah. let walk. Yeah. Uh-oh. Even though they lost Anthony Costanza. That's, that's an uh-oh. That's uh-oh. an uh-oh right there. I, I might give that one that's, to the, that's the Colts. That's four and four. Might, so yeah. right now, you're winning, losing, winning, losing, winning, losing. Hey, right now though, if they do follow this this mold, they're better than they they were this season. There we before, go. So. Here we go. Uh, Bills hosting the Bills the following week. That's that's a loss. That's probably a loss. Four and five. Yeah. Uh, hosting the Dolphins the following week. Depends on how well Tua plays. Four and I'd, six. Yeah, I'd probably say it's a loss at, at this point. Depends Going on how to the Texans. Five and six. To the Texans. Yeah. No, no, dumb, no, no, dumb. The Texans, oh, five and six, the five Texans, and six, yes. Five, the Texans I, might I heard be the first zero and seventeen. Yeah, they might be the first zero and seventeen team of all time. Wow. Yeah, that'd be sad. Uh, then the Eagles go to the Jets after that. So you're five and six, and then December fifth, you host the Eagles. I want to say six and six. I really do. I don't. I, I really do. I don't I, think it's going to be six and six. The Eagles are going to have an interesting season because Nick Sirianni. I feel like the Eagles are going to come back. Well, Nick Sirianni, their head coach, is a moron. Did you hear what he was doing to try and gauge uh-uh. his players' competitiveness? Uh-uh. Rock, paper, scissors, over Zoom. Because if you can compete in rock, paper, scissors, you can compete in anything. Yeah. Fucking stupid. Well, I wouldn't do that with my fourth grade team. No, I wouldn't do that. No. I, so do you, you say I think we're in agreement that, well, I think that they'd be five and six because they lost to the Bengals, but you say six and six. Because they beat the Texans, they beat the Eagles. If they lost, if they would have lost, oh no, 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 you're right. Yeah, so I'd say they're six and six. I say that they beat the Eagles. The next week they play the, they host the Saints. Uh, I. It hurts me to try to bet against my boy Taysom. I don't think uh, Taysom's gonna be the quarterback. He is the quarterback. The no, he he is he the, won't quarterback. Be the quarterback. Oh, at, at that, that point, point I don't know. Uh, right now he's running first team quarterback reps, but it's also like the third day of camp, so I don't know. I just think the Saints have way too much talent for the Jets to beat them right now. So I'm going to say that they, they drop that seven. one. Yeah, six and seven. Then they go to Miami. I'd probably say that they split it. You so said I, that they beat the Jets the first – or beat the Dolphins the first time, so then they would lose to the Dolphins in Miami. Yeah, so they're six and eight. Six now. and eight. 
host the Jaguars. Seven and eight. I think seven and eight. The Jaguars still need another year to rebuild. Host the Buccaneers. Uh, seven and nine. Seven and nine. Yeah. Host the, or go to Buffalo. I would tell you that Buffalo could beat them twice. I think they do. I so think they beat I them twice. Seven and ten. I think they're seven and ten. Seven and ten would be a miraculous, a miraculous season. turnaround. I'll tell you. I think uh, the games that I think you're going to be wrong on. I think that they'll probably. I think that they still could lose two to the Patriots. Uh, they might beat the Panthers. They, they might beat the Panthers week one. I don't know about that. They, I, just because it's week one, I don't. They might beat the Panthers week one, and I think that. Broncos defense is going to be too much for Zach Wilson. So I don't think that they can beat the Broncos that easily. I don't. So those are the games that I don't necessarily agree with you on, but seven and seven and 10. Yeah. Seven and 10, seven and 10 would be a miraculous turnaround just from a couple draft picks and picking up a couple. People. It would, it would be intriguing to say the least if that happened. I would be, I would be the happiest man. Like I, I am, I'm already the happiest man, but like, Football wise, good catch. Football wise, you know your girlfriend's listening. I know, and and that's that's honestly the truth. But <laughs> football wise, I'd be a very happy Jets fan if for one, like from one year to the uh, the next, they increase their win total by five. All right, all right. So uh, that makes sense. It's a good. We'll do the Bengals next weekend, which will be fun. And then Nico, I'll come up with my first offer to Nico for uh, our bet for the Bengals and Broncos game. I'm going to that one in person. We already we, said it. I mean, we have all this on recording, so it's not like I have to take notes on what our bets are. No, and we have it down now verbally that you think the Jets are going to be seven and ten. So when they go out and go one and sixteen, I look as long as they do better than last year, I feel like that's a win, even if that means that they're three and thirteen, three and fourteen, whatever. Because yeah. it's another, it's an extra game. I oh, I keep forgetting that. All right, uh, let's do current <laughs> events and wrap this episode up. We'll start with your current event. So my current event uh, has to do with Florida. Have you seen what's going on down in, down in Dade County? So have you seen this? Have you heard about this? At, so we've we've gone down to Dade County, and we know that it's a pretty open, like it's a pretty free place. There's a, there's a couple, uh, like I mean, there's obviously like the Hard Rock, and uh, that's not that's Fort Lauderdale. That's okay. not Dade County. I, I don't know. We've been Dade, we've been down to Dade County. Dade County that's, that's is uh, when we played Pembroke Pines. That's the, the U, though, isn't it? They, no, the U is in Coral Gables. The, the U is in a lot nicer okay, area. Okay, well, it's Dade Florida. County. It's a different state. I don't live there. I don't know. Dade County. I'm telling you, Dade County is where we played Pembroke Pines. Remember the oh. Bengals? Yeah, oh. that's Dade County. Oh. Well, okay. So in Dade County, the gov, the governor of, of you know, that governs the mayor that county. Of... It says governor here. Okay. Okay. So the governor of Florida issued, a, uh, issued something yeah, for Yeah, Governor Dade Ron DeSantis... Uh, of Florida, DeSantis. Uh, I don't know. However, it is. It, it's DeSantis. I know. Which he's. I I don't really want to bring politics in, but I guess it's COVID related, so it's going to be politics. He is a Republican governor. He has made it, and he has. I've seen two things. So this one's from the New York Times, but I had CNN pulled up on my work computer, and what CNN said was he was threatening to pull funding using an executive order, if. Um, schools required masks, then you weren't going to receive full funding. Now it's because it's an executive order. He issued it. He issued it. Yeah. If you didn't, if you weren't going to wear masks, if you no, if you made it mandatory for your students to wear masks and didn't give them the option. Okay. I was going to say that makes gonna, that way get pulled fun, or you were going to get funding. That way it. makes more sense for him. 
I and then I've seen on here it's like he's making an executive order to make it so that they have to have a, an optional mask policy. So because it's an executive order, it's going to be in effect until they can get it in front of the state Congress, because that's where executive orders are stamped out in all levels of government from state to federal. So I'm just curious to hear what you think about this. In my opinion, I think that's a little extreme. I understand that he wants to give people the choice and he's obviously Republican. So that has something to do with it, but I, I'm just curious to see what you think, because I think me and mom were talking about it earlier. I think we kind of agreed where, yes, we both believe that you should have some sort of choice, but going to this length kind of isn't where we would have gone. Florida doesn't have that good of a track record funding schools anyways. And I don't think wagering public education on what your political agenda is, is the correct thing to do. I agree that masks shouldn't be, I don't think that the masks should be able to be mandated by the school. Uh, Well, I will tell you this, at least in Colorado, especially in the the Cherry Creek School District, which is where we live closest to. If you are 12 and under, you are going to be required to wear a mask. And then if you're 13 or older, you are strongly encouraged to wear a mask. Yeah, I think it should be the same kind of thing that we've been having for the last month and a half or so in Colorado, where if you're vaccinated, you have the ability to wear a mask, but it's not required and basically honor system that way, which go falls in line with the kids going back to school if you're 13 or under you haven't been able to get the vaccine sure so you should be required to wear a mask because the people that make the choice being in a a petri dish it's like it's like when you go off to college and you live in the dorms for the first time the people who make the decision not to be vaccinated need to have their protection it's they they still need to be protected whether or not I agree with them not getting vaccinated and the people or not. who want the, the people, vaccine but can't get the vaccine need to be protected too that the ability you have the ability to make the choice if you're vaccinated is what I would say which automatically means that if you're under the age to get vaccinated your ability to make the choice unfortunately isn't there your ability to make the choice if you're over that age You've had all this time to do it if he wanted to not wear a mask at school. So I don't think that he should be wagering local schools' budgets on this. It's like it's kind of like he's holding them hostage in in the way that I look at it, which might be extreme, but that's kind of how it comes across. On a side note, by the way, you it is so hard to try to remember people's names when you can't see their faces. And I, I know that a lot of people have realized this, but when I was helping out in that classroom last semester. I, I remember like two people's names because I all you could see is their eyes and everybody looks the same. I mean, obviously you can tell girl from boy or, you know, but it's so weird because it's like, oh, I'm going to help so-and-so. Wait, who, who, what, which one is that? Hold on. Yeah. I, it's difficult for me to learn the kids' names at football practice. Even. I have. Are they supposed to wear masks? What do they wear masks? No, we there's no nothing mask wise for uh, not even like during the actual season when they're playing. Not around surrounding football, but those kids are going to be wearing masks in school. Um, mm-hmm. 
I wasn't sure if they were going to make them wear, wear it on the sideline or not. From what I've been uh, – they're, they're too young to get it. From what I've been around with the team so far, there haven't been – they haven't said anything about different um, regulations or anything like that or having to wear a mask for coaches or anything. So, for now, I'm just going to go with what's been going on. Um, I don't want to – there was a bunch of stuff that – we could talk about with coronavirus since we had the one current event. I didn't want to do that. So I found this other one and it circles around uh, minimum wage and what's what that is causing per state. Uh, I'm interested because you were working minimum wage for a while and then you just got to a point where you're not working for minimum wage with the new job that you have now. Well, that's partially because I have a, an associate's degree equivalent. Yeah, but that's so Colorado's minimum wage 18, is no. 1232. Really? It's yeah. that low? Well, I thought it was you higher. say it's that low. If I were to give you, so let's say, what would you expect it to be in Florida? It's probably a little bit. I would think that it's a little bit higher. Is it 865. Not? Wow. Illinois, $11. Maryland, 11.75. Massachusetts, 13.50. This is this is interesting. New York. 1250 for I as much more expensive 15, it is yeah. to live in new york you get the page you wouldn't just even, a little bit more you than wouldn't you be able to Colorado. afford anything here let alone new york no it's it's kind of incredible but that's the thing about minimum wage do you think that it should be raised or do you think that they should mess with where minimum wage is or is there maybe because you've kind of seen what raising minimum wage has done oh it, it totally messes with prices everywhere with that, and remember, I mean, they didn't used to have the kiosks at McDonald's or Wendy's before they raised True, and those things break down. I don't know. I, of course, I would love everybody to be able to make a livable wage from one job, even if it's a minimum wage job. So, like, if you go and you work at McDonald's, I'd love for you to be able to make enough money in a 40-hour work week so that you could be able to pay on a car and buy an apartment and stuff like that. I, in a perfect world, yes, I would love for that to happen. It's not a perfect world. And we're, it, I don't know. I, I would want to say yes. That's kind of where I'm at. But I also, I, I try to look at things from both sides and I understand why it is 12, what, 1250, 1275, 1225, mm-hmm. whatever it is. Okay. So I understand why it's there. 1232. And it's higher than when I was working at Arby's because I used to be making, I think it was 1030. I don't think it should be higher is my thing. I think if you want to discourage, I think what they're trying to do with minimum wage is discourage people from working those kinds of jobs. If you want to do that, there should be more of a push towards trades because the oh, reason why people trade, you're making bank. The reason why people fall it. back on these minimum wage jobs is because they don't need a, certain requirement of education level to get those jobs well you don't necessarily need to meet educational requirements for a trade job you just have to go learn that trade sure that's where the push should be and that will start freeing things up so like all the homeless people that we have right now who are making zero dollars a day or whatever they beg for making i the people living in wash park are not making that much money no but they're they're getting employment benefits i think no maybe not not if you don't have a house you're right if you're living in washington park you're not getting unemployment you're right right. but then you'd get those people to maybe move into the minimum wage jobs 
the stratification would maybe equal itself out a little bit. But that's just something I, I thought was interesting. Colorado's basically right in the middle, on a little bit on the higher end of minimum is wage. Is Wyoming on the, on the higher? No, Wyoming is 515 an hour. Well, when I see red, I think it's higher. No, blue is the highest. California oh, well, is... yeah, California is going to be the highest. California higher. is the highest at $14 an hour. Rhode Island is... Rhode Island up there. Is, no, that's not Rhode Island. Rhode Island is eleven fifty. Connecticut is thirteen. Massachusetts is thirteen fifty, and then Washington is thirteen sixty nine. Hmm. Yeah, uh, that's gonna do it for this episode of the Dago Express. Like we said, uh, if you're into nootropics and want to help with your attention span a little bit, check out SwiftLifestyles.com. And when you go to check out, use the promo code Express Mafia, capital E, capital M. Thank you to the Unhinged Sports Network for bringing us under that umbrella for that partnership. Uh, Dom, one more time, where can people follow us on our social medias? It'll be Instagram and Twitter at Dago Express. I think we made it up to 250 Twitter followers now. Instagram has been holding steady at about 80. Um, But now that we have the link tree, hopefully maybe we'll kind of get a little bit more of a balance um, between the two. Um, but yeah, no, at Dago Express on Instagram and Twitter, uh, we'll be posting uh, as soon as each episode comes out each week, some, sometime around there. Um, so that if you can't find the link or if the link's not working, hopefully maybe uh, the link from the post will help you and uh, we'll go from there. Yeah, we'll also be putting the swiftlifestyles.com in the episode description and a reminder of what the promo code is. And then you can listen to new episodes every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Mountain Standard Time is when they're first available on demand. But they're on most of your major podcasting streaming platforms with the others that we're not on coming. Other than that, this has been Nick and Jimmy Claudio from Big Express. Thank you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Thick Boy Anthem. Yeah.